Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wrong Football Podcast. My name's Dan, I'm here with G, the editor of thewrongfootball.com, and we're here to talk all things American football again this week. Yo! <laughs> this week we're going to have a look at uh, some of the best action from week six, and also have a look ahead to uh, our picks for week seven as well. First, as we always do, we're going to uh, start by having a look at some of the talking points around the league. So, uh, how you doing, G? All good? Yeah, not bad. Um, over the lurgy for the most part, and, you know, lots of football. I got to watch some extra games because I wasn't, you know, running and lifting because I was being poorly. <laughs> Excellent. Well, that's, uh, that's that's good. Should we have plenty to talk about then. Uh, the first talking point then. Let's have a, uh, a quick look at uh, how things are going down in uh, in Dallas for the Cowboys. They've got uh, some hard choices coming up. Uh, Tony Romo, uh, as you know, has been uh, obviously out for for a few weeks now. I can't remember what it, exactly what it was. What injury he he had? Can you remember? Yes, he has a fracture of his vertebrae. That'd be the one. It's quite a uh, quite a serious one. Um, so he's been out of uh, active duty for a little while now, and obviously uh, Dak Prescott has been been doing a pretty good job in his absence, but. Yeah, Tony Romo's back in the uh, back in the picture. He's now been cleared for active duty. What do you uh, what do you think? If you're the if you're the, uh, the the coach of the Cowboys, who are you picking? Um, I'm not sure if a coach has any say in this matter. I think it's entirely down to Jerry Jones. Um, <laughs> it's already been softening because for weeks Jerry Jones has been saying, yeah, basically he, he's fit, he's healthy, and they've sort of been targeting. I think week eight because they've got a bye coming up, and then yeah. they're playing the Eagles, and they've sort of been targeting that game. And suddenly it's now well, now he's been cleared, so we need to ease him back. So they're already softening on the um, he'll have to prove his fitness, which is essentially I think a line because they don't want to mess around with the chemistry of what they've got going on. Um, that Prescott's obviously been very effective, and he opens up the run game because he's a genuine running threat he hasn't turned the ball over um passes have mainly been going to Witten and um Cole Beasley so mm. it's not like they're they're going to the outside receivers and I don't know it, it is a slightly tricky one because you're not there seeing them train so I mean I think people are forgetting a little bit how good Tony Romo is because he's been injured so much so the last two years he's hardly played but you know he's a top 10 quarterback probably if he's fit and throwing those long balls to Dez but Given how fragile he is, um, I mean, I, I would be seriously considering about saying, look, mate, you've had like two hits and two pretty nasty fractures in the fact that you know you had all the collarbone problems last season, and then this season, on a very early in the preseason, you know, back fractures and that kind of stuff, not to be messed about, and he might just be old enough that his body is um, failing him, and and it's not. A long-term game for anybody. No. These are big hits, and and you just worry that the back is not something that's really to be messed with. I think if it's down to me personally, uh, given the start that he's had of this season, I would probably stick with Dak Prescott. And like you say, Romo is, is getting on a bit. He's he's, a, he's very much injury prone. Last couple of seasons, he has hasn't played that much football. Uh, yeah, Dak Prescott's perhaps one to to go for for, for development for the future as well. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly a debate here, and it's one of the big talking points of the NFL because you've got the old adage that um, a player should never use lose their um, spot to injury. Um, unfortunately, that's been discontinued already because that's how Tom Brady got his yeah. start. Um, I think there's an argument that if Dak starts having problems or loses a couple of games, you've got that experience and there's no need to rush him back. I, I think it's really hard for us to on the outside because we just don't know how Romo's looking in practice. If he comes back to practice and he's... Flux spraying the ball everywhere and the, the offense gets even better because um, you've now got the extended um, options down the field as well as the amazing running game then maybe you do go for it in a few weeks but there's certainly no rush to get him back because look how efficient they've been without him yeah and, and Tony Romo is a backup QB he's not too bad is it <laughs> it's better than a lot of us yeah absolutely um, well the the second talk point I wanted to have a quick chat about this week is uh, well, it's a bit of a kind of I would say probably a little bit of a throwaway uh, part on uh, on the NFL dot com website I had a look at over the weekend. Uh, but the, the the top the top five jersey sales uh, for the first five weeks obviously a uh, it's usually a big um, a big a big indicator of the most popular players within the league. Uh, number one, you may may probably uh, probably see this coming, but Carson Wentz was number one. Uh, Eagles quarterback. Uh, number two was Von Miller. Three Antonio Brown. Four Ezekiel Elliott, and then five Russell Wilson. So uh, yeah, are you surprised at the popularity of any of those? Um, it's interesting to see Carson Wentz so popular so quickly. I mean, Zeke had a quiet couple of two weeks yeah. and is now like just keeps running over for over 130 yards. So you can see why that would have shot up a few weeks. I thought he might be a bit higher up. Who what Ezekiel? Elliott. Yeah, yeah. Particularly as he, he's a Cowboys um, player, but. There's no surprising names particularly there. Um, it's I don't know. I don't tend to follow that stuff to no. be honest. It's kind of you've managed to pull a subject out of the air where I'm singularly unqualified because 
Well, no, and, and I shall not pick on you, but it, but my interest is always teams and footballs and stuff. Yeah. And so this is sort of like the popularity. I think is all about big plays, and you wonder. So someone like Antonio Brown makes total sense because of the the sort of out there plays he he makes. But you you sometimes wonder if, if you look at someone like Shady McCoy, who's playing so well for the Bills at the moment, and mm. he may come up later because I that's one of the games I watched I think he was will, just yeah. he was just. <laughs> just incredible and that's what you're looking for at the moment is sort of star power particularly there's been a lot of talk about falling ratings obviously there's a lot going on with the elections in the states at the moment and star driven league and a quarterback league and the retirement of Peyton Manning but um, I'm sort of drifting into into a blog that, uh, uh, about um, coaching mistakes what's going on in the league at the moment so I don't want to give it away too much but I think there's a certain element of it's always a little bit interesting in the marketing of these players because it's much more difficult in American football than it is, say, in basketball because for two reasons. One, one, the players are pretty anonymous, a lot of them, because they're hidden under a helmet. Mm. So, you know, you, you can identify your own, own players pretty easily. But um, JOGI just ran for 200 yards in a game and I'm not sure how many Americans, or for that matter, how many Brit fans uh, um, could pick him out of a lineup. I could. And... Exactly, you're a Dolphins fan. <laughs> uh, but also, the other thing is that it's so difficult because in, say, basketball, you've got five players on, on the team, and so one becomes a superstar really easily because he can just dramatically change a team all by himself. You get that with a quarterback, but even then, if you've got a bad offensive line or offensive line just isn't quite firing right yet, like the Bengals, it can all sort of fall around apart your ears, mm. and it's sort of the ultimate team game. So you're almost more of a fan of a franchise than a player a lot of the time. Yeah, well, no, um, no place in that in that top five for uh, Jared Goff. Usually, first draft pick, you'd be you'd think they'd be they'd be straight in there. Usually are, but obviously with the uh, the problems that he's had uh, in 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 LA. Yeah, he's, uh, he's he's not featured, and and the other one surprise for me, Dak Prescott. We're talking about him, seventh, uh, seventh in the uh, in the overall uh, overall uh, listings. And you think that's low or high? I think that's probably a little bit. Uh, it's higher than I was expecting. Yeah, except you know he's a quarterback, big thing, and he's a quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. and that's a big thing as well. And you know, and I think likely that the 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 Ezekiel Elliott and the Dak Prescott are kind of fighting each other for fans' affections, and that's one of the big stories so far at this start of the league is the fact that Jerry Jones. I, how much at Crow am I having to eat? Because I was sat there not saying I didn't like his draft and think, should have think he he should have gone defense and wasn't too keen about it. And instead, he looks to have got the foundation for his offense for the next at least five years because you you never know how long a running back will last but you've got you know a a running back is proving to be as good as anybody um in in the league right now and it looks it looks like the the makings of a franchise quarterback and you know if you could do that in one draft that's a hell of a draft well just very quickly the uh, the pro bowl ballots have just opened this uh, this week do you think there's any of those five top five that, that we won't be seeing at the pro bowl i do wonder about carson wentz a little bit yeah um but that said, you know, you could hardly say that um, Cam is playing particularly well at the moment. But Drew Brees is on a terrible team. It's generally a popularity contest, though, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, Russell Wilson, you know, I can go through quarterbacks um, that are playing, playing well and better than Wentz. I think, I don't want to get carried away because what he did at the beginning was great. But I, I think we'll talk about the Eagles in a little, little bit when we're doing the game rounds up. I think there are explanations for why he's maybe coming back to earth a bit and that might or might not continue going forward. Good idea. Let's leave it there for now. <laughs> okay, so week six is now in the books and we uh, will let's have a look at uh, some of the uh, the bigger games that we watched this week. And the, uh, the first one, as always, we watched the Thursday night game, which uh, this week was the Broncos uh, taking the trip to San Diego to face the Chargers. They couldn't come away with a win, though. Uh, they went into this one without Gary Kubiak, uh, obviously their, their head coach, who... who um, had some. I can't remember what the, what the problem was. What was he? Uh, what was he migraine from? problems? Migraine problems. Um, yeah, as far as I'm aware, I've not heard any more about his health status. I have to confess. Yeah, and and Philip Rivers went into this one needing just a, not not very many yards at all to uh, break the franchise record for uh, for a QB and passing yards for the Chargers, uh, which he which he managed very easily in this game. And uh, yeah, I, I thought the Chargers looked really good. They looked very efficient at moving the ball and did a really good job of, of chewing up the clock as well. Um, and actually, it was quite a one sided game, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a little bit mixed from the um, charges because they marched down and scored on that opening drive and you sort of thought, oh, hey, up, here we go. Yeah. And then they were a bit hit and miss after that. I thought um, Hunter Henry was pretty impressive. Yeah, in, he was. At, at tight end, particularly for a rookie, as they often take a couple of years to bed in. It's not often that you see a rookie tight end come out and be that effective that early. He's been uh, pretty good a couple of times this year. This year, From what I've uh, seen of highlights, he, he seems to be having not a bad season. 
yeah, no, he really does seem to have made a good start. Um, they committed to the running game. Melvin Gordon did well. I mean, he did okay. It was one of the ones there was nothing that flashy, and he sort of accumulated and ground out yards rather than did anything too flashy because mm. the Broncos were hung or hung about. I think the Broncos undersold story about this was the sort of game flow and the play calling because any time where um, Trevor Simeon falls back to pass 50 times something's gone wrong with the game plan yeah. and the thing was the defence was although they'd given up that opening touchdown they then just kept giving up field goals so it wasn't like it wasn't until relatively late in the game it's like okay we really do need to chase this game and they they did nearly get into it and I just think if they'd stuck with a run a bit earlier and 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 I think would have likely have had a bit more success and stuck into their game plan. They, they could have, they could have very easily turned it around because they nearly did anyway. They, they certainly did towards the end. It was, I mean, it finished twenty one thirteen to the Chargers, and it was, it was, it was, it was quite late on before the uh, before the Broncos really really came back into it. They didn't they didn't have a play go for, for go for over ten yards until towards the end of the third quarter. Yeah, and and I think as much as anything, the problems were for the Broncos was that they were shooting themselves in the foot as much as they were having problems um, dealing with the Chargers' defense. I want to be a little careful about that because if the defense did well, they've got a young um, linebacker that they took in like the fourth round or something, yeah. who was um, really really um, impressive for them. Um, and if I can find his name, I will let you know. Uh, Jarvis Brown or Jatavius Brown, sorry, I think is fairly certain is one who had like thirteen tackles, but. The the number of line penalties that the Broncos had, you know, holding and full starts, and they gave away one of our favourite plays, safety, but not in this <laughs> way. I like to see I like to see people tackled in the end zone, not um, a, a lineman holding on for dear life and giving a penalty, g- giving away uh, um, a safety is a bit, bit of a rubbish one. It's not one for my scratch. A safety is a safety. Don't worry. Yeah, but 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 you know, it's not the same as a quarterback being being put on his bottom in the end zone. That's much more fun. But um. They, they just really struggled. And it was something like 130 yards penalties they gave in this way. Yeah. It was something like 85 more than, than the Chargers. And so, as much as anything, they couldn't get out of their own way. Yeah. That's, well, that's it. I mean, it was it was it was a pretty good game, like we say. It was it was, it was very one sided. If you if you went into this game as a as, as a as a newbie to the NFL, you you wouldn't think that the Broncos were the team that were defending the Super Bowl and the Chargers are kind of perennial strugglers. But it was a it was a good game. I quite enjoyed it. We we both picked this one incorrectly. We both uh, went straight in with the Broncos and, uh, and thought we'd uh, th- thought we'd uh, get that one, but didn't. So uh, yeah, not the uh, not the best of calls on that one. Yeah, the Thursday night games, I mean, it was tense at the end, but it wasn't the best played game. So it was interesting because, A, we have picks on the line, so we're always interested in most <laughs> games, and that does help. But also, it was, it was you know, there was something on the line because the Broncos managed to, to make look, it look like they could possibly do a comeback, yeah. even if it didn't come off and the scores stayed fairly separate. Yeah. Well, the, uh, the second game, let's have a look at uh, my game then, the, uh, the Miami Dolphins uh, playing the Pittsburgh Steelers. I must say, I wasn't going into this much with that uh, much hope, uh, especially after last week's uh, eulogy of the uh, of the season uh, in, in week in week. Are you going to play the, um, the, the the funeral march for the Dolphins all year no. year now, just to keep keep the run going? No, not this. Uh, not not not. I think we're I think we're done with the funeral march. I think I've I've written the uh, the season off far too early. Uh, yeah, we beat the Dolph- We beat the Steelers. We beat the Dolphins. We beat the Steelers uh, thirty points to fifteen. Um, it was well. The, I think I suppose the first thing to say there weren't any sacks. <laughs> Uh, apparently, firing two starters yeah. is the way to solve your offensive line problem. Apparently so. Um, th- do you know the story behind that? Because a lot of people know. have been talking about it, but all I know is that two play- people who started um, in the dreadful previous loss were just yeah. gone by Monday. Yeah, I don't know the story behind it, but yeah, no, I, I, I do know that a couple got uh, got fired. But it was, yeah, it was. Um, I mean, it was, it was quite good to see the, the O line actually actually protecting Tannehill. Um, <laughs> Which is which is crazy to say um, this this far into the season. It was the first time they've really done a good job of that. Uh, Tunsa was uh, very careful when he had his shower on Sunday morning; and didn't fall <laughs> over. So uh, he was uh, he was he was back. Um, and yeah, it's one one interesting fact for the game: uh, both both teams, the uh, the Dolphins and the Steelers, had a pouncy at uh, at, um, at at centre. Uh, Mike Pouncy for the Dolphins and Marquise Pouncy for the uh, the Steelers, twin brothers. Uh, yeah, that can't happen at all often. Uh, I wouldn't have thought so. Yeah, I mean, 
it's interesting because there wasn't pressure, but the the Steelers haven't. I, I, I'm trying not to, to burst your bubble, so I'll, I'll be careful about <laughs> this because not having a sack is great. But the Steelers' pass rush is not terribly good this year, and they were not playing well. And I thought the line was sort of hit and miss, and definitely heading in the right direction, perhaps. But the, there were times when it didn't seem to be getting a lot of purchase in the running game. Um, I thought. It, Ajayi was making a lot out of some quite small gaps and I'm still not convinced about Tunsil as a guard I'll be honest yeah. looking at the left guard and he look, moves and looks like a tackle and I think he's you want forced, somebody he's kind of forced isn't he he's forced into that position yeah and I'm like I'm sure you know I don't know because it's not so easy to switch between left and right side because there's different footwork and different hands and, yeah. and I can see what they're trying to do but I'm just I'm not convinced that it's necessarily helping the team but you know these people know more than I do but mm. um, I, I, I don't think you can I think you'll be looking forward to the time when he can step out to tackle and, and use the, the feet and the athleticism which is why you picked him yeah well that's it I, I, uh, Arian Foster also uh, made his return he was another one that uh, came back to the team after a couple of weeks out but uh, I think he's going to be spending some more time on the sidelines if uh, JJ continues to perform as he did on Sunday yeah. all aboard the J train well, it could be, it, you know, it could, we'll have to see if it's a breakout game, but certainly it's, it's easily as best as a pro, and it was it was pretty damn impressive. Um, so 204 yards, 25 attempts, and two touchdowns. That's awesome. Yeah, uh, but I mean, the interesting thing is there were lots and lots of sort of like 10, 11 yard runs, which were impressive without being like spectacular. It wasn't, it wasn't like a Shady McCoy shake and bake and, and going. It was good, solid, fast running. And he, was it me or he looked to have an extra burst of speed? I don't know if he's yeah. just finally got fit and had a run of games and beginning to find his way but he, he looked to have an extra burst of speed and obviously there was that huge run at the end which you know was incredible breakaway mm. just sealed the game okay sealed never mind running out the clock we'll just run out a touchdown yeah but, um it sort of makes more sense to me that you would have this where where jj would be a lead back and arian foster can come in as a change of pace find his feet and and use all his skills without having to take the majority of the carries and it was mm. you know Nice to see Damian Williams get a touchdown. Um, yeah, ha- ha- having um, said nice things about him a couple <laughs> of weeks ago. Yeah, well, that's it. I mean, this is this is the only this is only the third time that a run has gone over two hundred yards for the Dolphins uh, ever. The previous two were both uh, they were both my my favourite ever um, NFL player, Ricky Williams, uh, and both in December two thousand and eight, within about a week of each other. So uh, yeah, he must have been on a pretty good run of form. Uh, back then, uh, we were we were helped out by Ben Roethlisberger. Obviously, uh, went off with a, with a bit of an injury, limped off with a knee, uh, left knee injury uh, after he was tripped over, uh, and he did he only missed a drive or two. But when he came back, he he really didn't really look himself. He was struggling a little bit beforehand though, as well, wasn't yeah. he? He didn't look quite right right um, all game. And I don't know if you've been listening to. Um, much NFL media, but um, Mr. Tomlin has a bit of a record of this of out of division away away games laying eggs, and so perhaps yeah. I should have joined you with the Dolphins because apparently this is not unusual at all for the Steelers, and it they is didn't unusual look for the Dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> we uh, well, I, I picked the uh, the Dolphins this week and um, was correct. It was one of the ones that I that I picked up on you this week, which is uh, which is nice. Um, Something that wasn't nice, I'm sure, for you uh, this week was your game against the Patriots. Uh, Cincinnati Bengals uh, lost 17 points to 35 in New England. Um, it was, I mean, it was kind of written, wasn't it? Brady's Brady's first home game since returning from suspension. He's he's kind of his record at home in his career is 60 something and five, I think it is. Uh, and yeah, he ended up with 29 receptions for 35 attempts and 376 yards. So we're uh, not a not a bad first back day back at home for him. No, I mean I've been I've been trying not to do the whingy fan thing of oh, our away record and it's all rigged, but you know it was a <laughs> horrible. We are now out of like the horrible start of the season. We've got the Browns and then we're coming over to London to face the Washington. We like him on the team, honestly, Gavin. But um, <laughs> the first half wasn't too bad. In fact, like the first thirty-five minutes or so, you know, we went into half time fourteen ten up. Um, it sort of hung in the, the signs that the line might do better, but yeah. Over the length of the game, the Patriots, it's um, sort of one out, one out. It got very chippy at times. It would appear that there are several instances of Mr. Burfict doing Burficty things, and he is such a talented linebacker and such a nightmare. Yeah. Um, and it, I sort of missed it in the condensed copy, so you start seeing the videos and hearing talk, and we'll be interested to see what finds and, and 
and or possible suspensions come come later. But I can understand players being or fans being frustrated to him. To nipping back to your game for a moment, uh, number twenty three for the Steelers, Mister Mitchell at safety. Yeah, is always yapping. Hasn't hit met a late hit that he doesn't like to hand out. And you know, I I have got a lot of respect for Tomlin and which is why I was so frustrated last year with the whole thing with the Bengals in the playoffs and you've got Joey Porter on the field mouthing off when he shouldn't be on there and his offensive coordinator yanking the dreads of one of the Bengals players and I'm just thinking that I'd, I'd expect Tomlin to run a better ship than that And you, mm. but, but with that kind of player knowing how much that Mitchell gets under my skin um, you just you can see why Perfect is not exactly Mr. Popular when he's no. diving at people's legs and and apparently trying to stamp on um, Blunt's Blunt's leg. I haven't seen the videos yet because you know I've been busy watching the actual games, but we should watch that one with interest because um, the linebacking core are one of the questions that people are asking about the defense. Although mm. trying to cope with that Patriots um, offense at the moment with the two linebackers is just really difficult when you've got two players in the quality of um, Gronkowski and Bennett. It's just like, how do you cover that with linebacker stroke safeties and not give up things coming out the um, uh, uh, um, running backs? And obviously they've got several running backs who can catch the ball. So it all just pays into the kind of quick release, um, reading reading defense and going play that Tom Brady excels at. He doesn't need a big arm because he can just dink and dunk better than anybody and he has the players to do it so yeah yeah, they are truly frightening the defense might be a weakness but at the moment i'm not sure who in the afc can give them a real challenge no that's it well certainly not in the afc east i don't think the uh, i don't think the bills are going to uh kind of going to catch up with them but uh yeah it's going to be a it's going to be a good one i think a good season for the patriots it's uh it's it's already started pretty well um yeah, they they're always there or thereabouts, aren't they? They they didn't manage to get much uh, much on the ground, only eighty yards, uh, which obviously pretty pretty effective run defense from the Bengals, but also the the well the Patriots they just don't run very much anyway. Um, and there was a safety, another safety, although not for for your side. Yeah, and and Andy Dalton wasn't placed on his, on his bum, but um, I mean, Oak Bury got um, benched at one point, and so okay, we had an experienced uh, tackle come in, um, but. It's just, it's just not quite clicking. Um, mm. And I've seen the line already for this week, and I'm, I'm hopeful that you know things will come around against the Browns. But that is not going to be an easy game. No, it won't be. But uh, we, we, we kind of both saw this coming. We both picked the, uh, picked the Patriots. Uh, both got this one correct this week. Um, yeah, so uh, yeah, good one for both of us, sort of. Uh, the Falcons and the Seahawks was the uh, the final game that we watched, or the final game that we both watched. It's uh, it ended up it was a really close game. It ended up twenty six twenty four to the Seahawks, uh, but Seattle were, they were losing by a touchdown with five minutes to go. It was a really close one. Yeah, um, how much do you love me for picking this game this week? Yeah, good good choice, good choice. <laughs> it, it just looked really tasty with with that Falcons offense. Um, going up against that Steelers defence. And I, I think what we learnt as much as anything is that we're, whereas we're going, well, the, the Patriots are one and who is number two in the AFC, particularly with the Steelers having Roethlisberger go out with a meniscus tear and could be out for a while. Yeah. And all the questions going on in the AFC. And in the NFC, I'm thinking, okay, so the Panthers have gone, but you've got the Steelers, you've got the Vikings, and I think you can count the Falcons in there. I'm beginning to like the signs from their defence. It's not amazing, and it's certainly not ranking great by DVOA yet but it's doing enough they're beginning to generate a pass rush and their offense is really really good and they could have won this game you'll hear people and particularly Falcons fans after what really should have been a pass interference call against Richard Sherman Mm, um, say oh well they should have won the game but you know there was still a lot to do yes there was some time but they still had to get into field goal range and kick it and you know they'd had an interception earlier where um Julio Jones, uh, Jones, it just hit him in the hands and bounced up, and Earl Thomas was able to catch it. But um, for that third quarter from the Falcons, where you stick three touchdowns pretty much in succession on the Seattle defense, you have to do. You're doing something right. But equally, yeah. um, Richard Sherman's going crazy, particularly after um, a touchdown where there was a breakdown in communication, and that happens in that three deep zone where you're passing. Um, tight ends and players between between sort of your cover and and there sort of has to be a passing off between the underneath defenders and the free deep and that every now and again goes wrong and did did on a play and Sherman was just going crazy and watching sort of like a succession of players and including Pete Carroll floating around at one point sort of basically talking Sherman round and then sort of like jumping up and down with him and it, 
just trying to get him re-engaged and refocused. And you just realise that that defence, A, has an awful lot of really, really good players because they look phenomenal in the first half. Yeah. But also, they've been around each other uh, Carol's done a great job of sort of allowing those Taipei personalities to be who they are, but also service a team concept. And they really came round and, and won in the end because they've been there before. And they're just a really good team. And I think the, the, the Seahawks in particular are going to be there, there or thereabouts this year. Yeah, we mentioned Richard Sherman a couple of times there. He, he had quite a, quite a lot thrown towards in his in his direction, but only made a couple of tackles in the game. Do you think a couple of seasons ago he was being talked about as, as an elite, one of the elite defenders within the game? Do you, do you think he still is? Yes. Yeah, no, I, I quite genuinely do. Um, because one of the reasons he was thrown out a bit more this time uh, was because you have Julio Jones, who yeah. is... Up, just an incredible receiver. And if it he's wasn't made Brandon, of yards. Yes, and, <laughs> and, but also he's six foot three and can run at um, like a four three forty or something. So he's ridiculously quick and big enough that he, with long enough arms, that he can sort of not have that thing where Richard Sherman just plucks the ball out the air in front of him because he's so long and, and a lot of the quicker receivers are. So it's not such a terrifying battle. And the thing about Sherman is that. Um, he doesn't necessarily show up in stats because those kind of coverage corners don't. And it's not that he's a follow around Darrell Reeves type, but he what he does, he does really, really well. And I rate him uh, very highly. Mm. Well, he's, 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 I certainly think he's still a yeah, good player, but I was quite interested to see your, your take on it as, as, our, dif- as our defense expert. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, I haven't watched coaching tape of him this year, and I, I have my setup for, for this year, but you know, I yeah. would be very happy to, um, next time he has a good matchup, to pick him up and watch him for the game because um, I would love that. Good idea. Yeah, I think we'll, uh, we'll do that another, uh, another week. Well, we, again, we both picked the, uh, the Falcons on this one, both got this one, uh, this one correct. So, yeah, it was one of a, uh, one of a few that we, uh, we, we, both managed to, uh, to 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 predict. Yeah, one day I might go five hundred. <laughs> Let's have a look at the uh, the rest of the games. Then the Buffalo Bills continued their hot streak on Sunday against the Forty Niners. Uh, game saw Colin Kaepernick's first start of the season uh, in the hope of being able to stop the rot at San Francisco. Uh, but the Bills were just too strong, sacking him three times and limiting him to just one hundred and eighty-seven yards. The Bills weren't much better though in the air. Uh, but a 140-yard game from Sean McCoy uh, ensured that the Bills emerged victorious. The final score was forty-five sixteen to Buffalo. Yeah, and it has to be said that although they're not outstanding in the air, that they really do seem to have turned that offense around. Um, McCoy looks just great running the ball, mm. and for the Forty ers they're just lacking so much depth. And it's interesting that people are already talking about Chip Kelly being fired, and I'm like, what's he meant to do with that yeah. roster? I mean, I think Kaepernick was a touch better, um, just in terms of he's a bit more pacey and he looked really good running the ball and he at least will throw the ball deep and there was a long pass to um, Torrey Smith that ended up in a touchdown and you just know that Blaine Gabbert wouldn't throw that pass but I'd love to see him coached hard by like a really good quarterbacks coach because I think there's still talent there and you know he didn't accidentally take them to a Super Bowl no he's definitely got got something to, uh, to offer to the team in a uh, game which my dad thoroughly enjoyed on Sky Sports on Sunday, the uh, Eagles failed to get back on track uh, for, and they lost for the second time since their bye week in week four. Carson Wentz made, uh, well, he might be the top of the uh, tree for the shirt sales, but he seems to be struggling to recapture the form that he found in the early part of, of the uh, the season. Uh, the Redskins led from the off, uh, and barring a couple of minutes where in the second quarter where they drew level, uh, they held the lead pretty much uh, throughout the game, uh, eventually winning by 27 points to 20. Yeah, and I just want to mention that with the Carson Wentz thing, one of the reasons is, A, they've got some tape on him. So, you know, these these defences coaches are, are paid to coach as well. And so it's not necessarily surprising to begin to figure him out a bit. But also, um, the Lane Johnson suspension are, means that they've got a rookie right tackle that um, the local media are all calling Big V because he has an unpronounceable name, which I shan't take a stab at until you <laughs> make me in later weeks. But... Um, so it might not be that um, I still think he's going to be a great quarterback, but that, you know all rookies go through through that rookie wall, and I'm not sure he's hit that yet. But I think he could have a try in a few weeks coming up, particularly as they're playing the Vikings next week. Absolutely. Well, uh, who'd have thought that the Browns and the Titans have managed over 620 yards in the air before this uh, this match on Sunday? Uh, certainly not myself, uh, but it turned out to be one of the closest games of the week. Uh, with Cody Kessler uh, having the best game of his rookie season so far. Cleveland got uh, close with 30 seconds left, but couldn't uh, recover the onside kick. And eventually, the winless Browns lost by 26 points to 28. At the MetLife Stadium, Odell Beckham Jr. was uh, trying desperately to make me look silly after wondering what was uh, wrong with him last week. The Giants hosted the Baltimore Ravens with uh, 
uh, Manning and Beckham linking up for 222 yards and a couple of touchdowns. There were also a hell of a lot of penalties in this game, uh, 22 in total, moving both teams back for a total of 230 yards between them. Uh, the final score in New York was 27-23, tw- uh, and both teams enter week 7 at point five hundred. Sifkan was back in the centre for the Panthers after missing a week with concussion. Uh, both the Panthers and the Saints were looking for the second win of their respective seasons, but it was New Orleans who got it. Uh, the game started very one-sided, with the Saints picking up a 21-point lead earlier in the second quarter, but the Panthers' comeback meant it ended quite close. It was 41-38. Uh, the Saints won with a field goal with just 11 seconds left. The Chicago Bears truly threw away their game on Sunday night against the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Going into the fourth quarter, the score was 14-0 to the Bears, and they... Uh, but uh, they caught up, and a 51-yard touchdown pass from Blake Bortles won them the game. Uh, the Bears had plenty of uh, time to make a comeback, but couldn't quite manage it, and the final score was 17 points to 16. The Rams and the Lions both uh, leave Week 6 at 3-3, three and three, uh, and in their game on Sunday night, the Lions came out on top. There were eight touchdowns in this one, but in the end, it was a field goal which separated the teams. A last-minute uh, field goal uh, meant that the final score was 31 points to 28 to the Detroit Lions. The Kansas City Chiefs have been, uh, shall we say, a little disappointing this season after their fantastic end to uh, last season. But a win on Sunday saw them get back to their winning record for the season so far. Uh, they were visiting Las Vegas, uh, sorry, the, uh, the the Oakland Raiders uh, this week uh, after uh, taking the like uh, the lead midway through the second quarter, uh, and they saw their they're going through to the end. Uh, it was uh, one that was won on the ground with the Chiefs uh, gaining 180 yards through their running game, and they ended up running away with it, shall we say, uh, in the uh, in the game, uh, which finished 26 points to 10. That's A, terrible punning, but B, <laughs> remind me next season when Kansas City are coming off the bye and Andy Reid currently has a 16-2 record not to pick against the Chiefs again. Will do, will do. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott continued to uh, set the league alight and keep my fantasy team, the Sutan clan, unbeaten this week. Uh, week 6 saw the Cowboys face the Green Bay Packers and even though uh, Aaron Rodgers made almost 300 yards for Green Bay, they couldn't pick up the win. Uh, the game was largely dominated uh, by points gained through by kickers, uh, but Ezekiel Elliott's 157 yards on the ground helped them get into some good positions. Cowboys were the eventual winners by 16 points to 30. The late game saw the Texans meet the Colts in a game which needed overtime to separate the two. Uh, the Colts were feeling extremely unlucky at the conclusion of this one as they led for almost the entire game until a Houston touchdown with 49 seconds on the clock took the game level. Uh, the Colts even uh, received the ball to start overtime but they couldn't make it count and a field goal uh, saw the Texans take the win by 26 points to 23. I'm not sure how much is unlucky and how much is just terrible defence. I mean, just that Colts team. I'm waiting to hear what Grigson has to say next. Mm, yeah, a bit of column A, a bit of column B I would suggest. Yeah, <laughs> and on Monday night, even the return of Geno Smith couldn't uh, help the Jets to win against the Arizona Cardinals. Two teams have uh, been uh, couldn't have been much more different in their numbers, especially on the ground, uh, where the Jets made just thirty three yards all game compared to the Cardinals one hundred and seventy one, which meant that the Jets struggled uh, from the off. Final score was twenty six points to three, and uh, yeah, Geno Smith's going to be uh, starting apparently this week. Really, I um, yeah, he came in for an interception, and I, I I was not expecting that. I shall I shall look forward to. Hear, hearing all about it um, I have to say um, Bruce Arians turning it around once he finds something he's not afraid to change his plan 180 was it 157 on the ground yeah absolutely that's it David Johnson is good you give David Johnson the ball <laughs> the ball is loose. it's a Right then, G, it's time for us to have a look at what you've been writing about on the blog this week. Uh, so you decided to be a bit self-indulgent this week and have a uh, look at the Bengals after their week five loss to the Cowboys. What did you, uh, what did you think of the game? Um... It was frustrating rather than upsetting. Um, yeah. Obviously, it was a difficult watch um, to watch the game, and it was one of those ones where I actually got to watch it because it was a late game without knowing the results. So if I was a day late, I could watch it and be sad in the office. And <laughs> it was just kind of, it was just kind of that horrible thing of it wasn't bad, bad. Like one guy was constantly getting beaten until fairly near the end, and even then. Um, when um, I've forgotten the player's name, number seventy-five for the for the Cowboys kept going by Ogbui. Um He was going up the. Uh, he was just being shepherded up the field. So 
Andy Dalton could step by him, and and that was sort of what and that was what was going on in the last drive where they scored another touchdown. Right. But the problem for me is is sort of like it's a mixture of all the things I think. So I, I was focusing on the offensive line, but it's sort of like with half an eye on the offense, mm. and they weren't exactly helping that offensive line. They were in eleven personnel, so one running back and one tight end, and so there were a lot of time there were, there were only five or six staying into block and sometimes Giovanni Bernard who's not the biggest of backs would be sort of basically placed behind between the garden centre only a couple of yards behind the ball so clearly just in blocking and he stood up fine and what tended to be the problem was either if there were stunts involved so if it was like a straight four man pass rush where everybody just tried to hit the gap and get up the, the line would cope fine with that but it's when there were stunts and twists between the tackles and and the end or if a tackle was looping right round particularly on the right hand side and I think it's just communication as much as anything between um, Zeitler who's the right guard and Ogbui the right tackle that's just not quite right and so Bodine the centre is often very sliding over to that side as well so mm. it just doesn't look like the communication is quite there and then the other problem is that the timing's just not quite right with the receivers. So um, both LaFell and um, Boyd are making good plays here and there and flashing, and Boyd's actually beginning to make more good plays. And, and I'd say LaFell's a really good pro, but it's just still not all come together with a new offensive coordinator who's maybe you know still settling in a bit into calling plays because he hasn't done that for like he's been with the Bengals for like a decade as as their. Um, uh, quarterbacks coach so yeah. you know, calling a game is a thing and it's just all these things intermixed with not having Tyler Eifert in the red zone just means that it's all just not quite working rather than being um, rather than being a great big disaster it's just like they can't seem to get everything to just work in sync at the same time it's always something and that's what's killing the drives as much as anything else yeah, well, you, you mentioned earlier you got something planned for uh, for this week. What are you what are you going to have a look at? Yeah, I mean, I, I did also a big summary of. I went through all the divisions last week and just had a quick rundown of where I thought they were, having gone through the quarter pole. And you this did. week, I'm looking a little bit of coaching and stuff. And for coaching tape, I am going to look at um, how to solve a problem like Ezekiel. You're welcome. I gave you that. Yes, and, and I'm very happy. But yes, for those of you who are terrified by my singing, I shall say clearly that I will be looking at um, the Cowboys' running game against the much vaunted um, Packers' running defense that is a bit less vaunted this week. Um, <laughs> they had looked very good, and I should be interested to see how how it happened. Just because um, they they were giving away a historically few running game. Uh, running yards per per carry something like under two which was pretty much unheard of since the merger and um that gave this week and so i should be looking at that good idea well for all of that and much more make sure you stay tuned to the blog for more from g it can be found at the wrongfootball.com and there's a lot less singing up there <laughs> are you ready for some football on to week seven then we are uh yeah nearing the halfway point of the season which is quite scary uh we, so last week uh i scored nine and you scored seven it was a good week for uh for the home teams last week uh, but I've managed to to pick up two points on you, so uh, so yeah, there is just two points between us now, which I didn't think would be the case a little a little while ago, a few weeks ago. When we're, I'm, when I'm fairly certain it. it might only be one. I'd need to get my spreadsheet out because you know uh, that's how I roll. I have a spreadsheet. Uh, nice. I believe it to be two, but uh, yeah, I mean if it's if it's one, then yeah. Oh well. Um, <laughs> let's have a look at this uh, this week's games then. So the Thursday night uh, colorish game is going to be the Packers and the Bears. Huge, great big. Uh, split on this one nine and a half point head start given to the Bears what do you think I think there's an awful lot of points to give it the Packers is. team that are not functioning at all well and the Bears have been competitive in a lot of games and I just feel that that's I want to pick the Bears and I don't feel happy about it hmm. I, I still think I'm probably going to go for the Packers on this one I, st- I just can't see the Bears getting particularly close and, and you know the, pa- the Packers are due a, a good game there is that there is yeah. that, but also well, no. I'm going to let you pick the Packers. Fair enough, excellent. Well, we'll... I, I, I'm keeping my powder dry in my other comment. Good, fair enough. All right, okay. You've got you've you've got something on me, have you? I see. Okay. Well, um... it's just just uh, for, for for every now and again, I sit there and go, "Oh, you've changed my mind on that one. I hadn't thought of that." And I'm like, yeah, no. "That might be an advantage." <laughs> uh, well, the the London game, uh, Twickenham hosts its first game this uh, this this week, uh, and that is the is the LA Rams or the home team on that one uh, against the New York Giants. Yeah, I'm really curious to see this game for for just that for just because it's the first game in Twickenham, and I'll be yeah. interested 
you know, I'm very curious to see how that stacks up um, logistically, what everybody says of it, and how it looks compared to the London game. So, yeah, really excited about that. Um, the Rams' defense has been struggling a bit, and the Giants have just been struggling. So, two pairs of three and three teams. What will we get out of Odell Beckham? Um, who shall know? And at two, two plus two and a half to the Rams, obviously no home field advantage. Really not sure. Probably Giants, I guess. Well, the only thing I'm predicting is I'm going to see I'm, I'm going to be watching three games on Sunday, which is excellent news. Oh, really? <laughs> is Jen not there? <laughs> no, no, she'll be she'll be she'll be watching along. I would have thought, uh, but yeah, the, uh, the the for this one, I think for my pick on this one, I'm probably going to go with the with the Rams. I think. Yeah, I might join you. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm, I'm not convinced by the Giants at all, but I'm not convinced by the Rams. This is a really hard game to pick because there's very little you can hang your hat on. Yeah, uh, will, you be, will you be joining me on the on the Dolphins uh, playing the Bills on Sunday? I don't know. I mean, the the Bills have just won four in a row. I was really quite impressed with them. Yeah, and and we're only getting a two and a half point swing on it. Yeah, but you are at home. But yeah, that, it's not the best home field advantage in the world. It seems down in Miami. So no, mm, it's going to be a yeah yeah. It's going to be going to be a good game. I think obviously yeah. I'm going to be going for the Dolphins. Yeah, how's your run defense been this season? Uh, uh, on and off. Yeah. <laughs> Next weekend will be a bad day for it to be off, trust It'll me. It'll be a hell of a test, won't it? It'll be yeah, a hell of a it test. Really uh, Bengals, Browns. Browns are going into this one without a win, uh, and they, but they're getting a, a nine and a half point head start. I want to pick the Browns. <sighs> I think I'm going to pick the Browns. I, I absolutely think the Bengals are going to win this without a doubt, but whether they're going to win it by 10 points. Mm, 10 points think... with the way the offense is playing, and the Browns. Barring, like, I think about one game this season, have has kept pretty much everything really close. Um, yeah. They, they seem to be good enough to win, sort of play interestingly and, you know, show a little bit of promise next season, uh, for next season, and then not do anything stupid that might hurt their um, draft status and lose. So, but, yeah. if they, ever there's a team that, that lining themselves up for a huge bounce back next season, if they keep faith with this system, I really, you know, I can see things going somewhere. Yeah, they took us to overtime. So, uh, yeah, I, I, like I say, I think the Bengals are going to win it. don't think they'll win it by 10. Um, Washington-Detroit. This this has got the makings of a good game, I think. Yeah, no, no, I, I, I agree. Which is not something I would have probably said a season or so ago. Yeah, um, the Lions' offence, I, I, I've been banging the drum for them for all season, and, and, and they seem to be coming good again. And... Washington have sort of turned the season around now but four in a row um, running game was really good last week with Matt Jones and mm. uh, minus one and a half for the Lions uh, it's a real toss up game I think it should be a good one to watch I'm, I'm thinking I might trust the Washington team a little more but at home uh, yeah, I shall, uh, this is one of those ones I'll know when I start writing it and probably yeah, I, get it wrong I think I'm leaning Washington at the moment but that could change we'll, we'll have to see um, Colts-Titans <sighs> this is another hard one I'm not sure it is do you not think I don't trust that Colts team I don't trust them but then I, I don't know whether Titans can string a couple of good games together They've, all, they've just won two in a row. They have a defence yeah. that last time I looked were top 10 DVOA. I haven't looked at um, this season. So they, they have a unit I can actually hang my hat on and say that is you know that is a decent defence. There's one side of the ball that I totally trust, as opposed to the Colts where I trust T.Y. Hilton and Andrew Lutz connection and not a lot That's else. That's about it. Yeah. And um, they can run the ball and the Colts just never can stop the run. So mm. I'm really tempted to pick with the Titans at home. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. I um, can understand your hesitation, but I, I, I'm embracing this new world, and you know, that's sort of our mo, isn't it? You pick more steadily and seems to be more steady week to week, and I have huge variances. Yeah, pretty much, and I end up losing. So yeah, hmm. take that as you, take that as you will. <laughs> um, the, uh, the the Saints and the Chiefs, uh, another another good game. There could be some could be some passing yards in this. I, I, I'm I'm choosing to um, apologise to Andy Reid and I'm certainly not going to be um, distrusting him again in this one No, well, six and a half points taken off him I the Saints are playing a Panthers team that are just not good this year you know, you don't fall to one yeah. and five and it be a fluke thing um, I, I, I think the Chiefs are going to win this and I'm, the early picks looks to have more people backing the Saints and I think there might be recency bias with them beating the Panthers I've, I have a lot more faith in this Chiefs team 
Yeah, I, I think you're right. I was just uh, playing devil's advocate. Yeah, I, I think uh, that I think... is part of your role as podcast host. I know. Um, yeah, I think you're right. I think the Chiefs will uh, will, will do this one. I'm uh, I, I will be going with the Chiefs. I think on on this occasion. Um, Jags Raiders straight. Who's gonna Who's gonna win on this one? <sighs> Raiders coming east. Body clock. Um, so, but so basically they'll be. A, starting to play about the same time as um, Blake Bortles does, which is in the fourth quarter. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I don't know. The Jaguars are just a weird one. This this is another quite, you know, sneakily good game to watch, I reckon. There's, mm. there's a few of them this week. Um, here's the thing. I find it hard to make myself pick the Jaguars, but that Raiders defense, I think we have to write off, is not going to turn around. Despite all the parts they added to it, and we thought it made sense, the offense is really good, but the defense is not. And so... You just have to see if the Jags can do enough on defense, and they could well scrape it. Um, I'm leaning Raiders, I think, but yes, yeah, it could be a really good game that one. See, I think I'm leaning Jaguars. I, I know almost everybody on our on the on the early picks has gone for the Raiders, but I th- I can see the Jaguars doing this. Uh, uh, you know, it's it's that that nearest damn it a pick 'em. So I, I do mm. not blame you on that one because it's it feels like a toss up game. So yeah, I'm, I'm certainly there, there might be a lot of people who would say rude things about you according to to visit the early indications on the internet, but I would not be one of them. The Vikings are going to be coming back from uh, they're going to be fresh from their their bye week. Uh, they're facing the Eagles. Uh, ooh, two and a half points given to the Eagles. I still think it's going to be the Vikings. Yeah, I've, I think I agree. Um, yeah. I there's a little bit of just hit, a little bit of chink uh, cracks in what's going on in Philadelphia earlier in the season, and the Vikings are just really good, you know. Yeah. And they've had a week off. I I I just have a lot of faith in Mike Zimmer. I I'm really, very really impressed. Do. Very impressed with the Vikings. I was, I was, I, I, if you remember me, I think we were, we were podcasting early enough, and I know we certainly talked about it. But I, w- I was really upset that Zimmer couldn't be a Bengal forever because yeah. I loved him as a coach, and <laughs> I was so happy he got a head coaching role. But I didn't want to see him go, and he's proved to be every bit as good as I thought he would be. Yeah, uh, the, other, the other the other purple team, the uh, the Ravens, are playing against the uh, the Jets on Sunday again. This is a uh, straight who's going to win pick them, and I think. Even if it was against the Browns, I wouldn't pick the Jets. Yeah, I, I think <laughs> it, it, the Ravens are. Yeah, the Ravens just have more, more. You know, they at least have a defense that so they can hang their hats on. The Jets are just in disarray, and Absolutely. you're not allowed to pick the Jets either. I, I, yeah, I'm still allowed. I'm still allowed. I'm Is your mate okay? Do we need to start? You know, are, are you checking in? I, I, you know, I, I want to make sure he's all right. I'm worried about his welfare. I checked in on him the other day by by sending him the uh, the Miami Dolphins fight song, which he wasn't overly uh, thrilled thrilled with. Uh, How could you have a fight song as the Miami Dolphins? Oh, because we're fantastic. That's Miami how. Dolphins, Miami <laughs> Dolphins. That's especially for you because you won last week. Thanks, mate. Uh, yeah, the, his exact quote. Just uh, checking my uh, my phone quickly is Fitz magic is now Fitz tragic. So yeah, that uh, probably shows how uh, how he's feeling this uh, this do, week. Do we do we feel a new quarterback coming in the um, off season? I could quite easily see it. Yes, um, San Diego Chargers playing against the Falcons, and another one could be could, could uh, this is another one that could uh, could see a lot of yards. Six and a half points head start given to the Chargers. Is that enough? I don't know. See, I, I want to say that the San Diego Chargers might be the best two and four team, but that would be yeah. that they're better than the Bengals. But that, but they've, they've they've now that they've sort of ran out of ways to lose, or at least for the moment, um, I guess they might keep it close. But that Falcons offense is really good, and I've been really impressed. I expect the Falcons to win. What worries me is that many points. Yeah, um, I, 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 I'm thinking, I'm thinking Chargers. I think on this one because of the because of that. I, I I don't blame you at all. I'm not so sure that I'm ready to commit yet, but I certainly think the Falcons will win. I'm just not yeah. sure about that line. Yeah. Um, Buccaneers 49ers, what do you think on that one? I'm thinking I really don't want to watch it. <laughs> yeah, it will be, be a bit terrible, won't it? Um, the Bucks coming off a bye. Um, I'm not convinced by what's been going on with their head coach in the offense. Um but the 49ers are in disarray. This has but, got to be yeah. one that if the, if the 49ers are going to get another win, this has got to be the kind of game that they're focusing on. Yeah, I don't think they will though. I, th- I think I think the Buccaneers are going to do this one. I think you might be right. Yeah, which is a sad thing to say because it's in San Francisco. Yes. Well, yeah, absolutely. Um, but mm, yeah, I, I just I just can't see them. I just can't see them getting the win. Unfortunately for yeah. them. Um, New England Patriots against Pittsburgh Steelers. Seven and a half point. Head start given to the Steelers, but the the, the 
Patriots are kind of on fire a little bit, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, this is because Roethlisberger is, is out injured. That is a yeah. hell of a swing. I mean, that's a yeah. ten and a half point swing to the Steelers because Roethlisberger is injured. But um, their backup Jones just can't throw the deep ball. We saw this no. last season that they really struggled. And it's the Patriots on the road, which is not quite as a sure thing as they are at home. And the defense, you know, they're struggling a bit with injuries at linebacker. But you just think that with all that's going on, that you'd back the Patriots in this one. But can't you see also Tomlin circling the wagons and keeping it close? Maybe. Maybe. I, I, I think I'm probably going to end up picking Patriots. But I can I can envisage a world where um, I talk myself into picking the Steelers and then either watching it all go horribly wrong and cursing myself, or getting very lucky and them keeping it close uh, Seahawks Cardinals I think we're going to watch this one this is a late game on uh, on Sunday uh, this will I think be a very good game um, Cardinals 3-3 three and three, Seahawks 4-1 and one, but I still think I still think the Cardinals might do this there's that the Seahawks offensive line is not good it's just that they found a running back who seems to be um, making the most out of it and yeah. Russell Wilson as we know is a is a magician I nearly put a, 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 one of those rude expletives in that makes you worried about an explicit tag but I just stopped <laughs> myself but he is a magician there are times where it's just like he spins out of trouble it's like how did you do that and the fact that he's now developing a connection with Jimmy Graham means that they are effective on offense that defense is as good as ever but Bruce Arian seems to be finding a way with um, the running game over the last couple of weeks. The, off- the defense seems to be coming around a bit. Um, I think I favor the Seahawks, and at minus one and a half, I might even pick the Seahawks, but I think this is going to be a cracking game. This is this is one of the games of the week. It's interesting that we've gone through and said, you know, this is a good game, and this is a good game. This is the big Sunday night game, and they've actually got one in the right place for once. And it's not, you know, <laughs> no, it's not the the... the Sort of their fault that they picked the Patriots Steelers should have been a great game right up until the injury, but and then you look at the Monday night game and it's like, huh. But yeah, really looking forward to that. I, I think I'm leaning Seahawks, but I could very easily see the Cardinals win it. And you know, my love for Bruce Arians knows no bounds. Speaking of the Monday night game, uh, let's very quickly touch on the Texans Broncos. Uh, seven and a half points given to the Texans. I I think I'm going Texans. I don't think the Broncos will win it by that many. No, I don't. Um, I don't know what's going on with Gary Kubiak. I certainly think that they desperately need to get back to their to the, for the more balanced run pass attack, if not get it back towards running the ball. But um, I, I'm not convinced by the Texans and Brock Osweiler at all. So, no. And he's got all, all the um, passing options there uh, there to be successful. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I agree. Um, Broncos yeah, win, but Texans close. Texans for me. I felt that one way up here. Well, that's all we've got time for for this episode of the Raw Football Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us again this week. We'll be back again with you next week, looking back at week seven and previewing week eight, which we're especially excited about since we're going to Wembley for the uh, Bengals-Redskins game next week. Who they? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Um, in the meantime, make sure you like and subscribe to the podcast uh, to get it delivered like straight to your inbox like every Thursday night. Uh, and also make sure that you check out the blog to keep out uh, keep up with what G has been up to during the week that's at thewrongfootball.com if you want to get in touch uh, make sure you either drop us an email to twfpodcast at outlook.com or find either G or myself on Twitter at wrongfootball or at twfdan thanks very much for listening and we'll see you again next week Aww.